give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Caleb, and me, Joe, go to the theaters. We did it. Sometimes, probably more often than we did last year. And we go to look at movies that we think might be hot trash and determine whether or not they are. Joe, what did we see this to to break in? Was this our fourth year of doing the podcast? Oh, man. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's been a hot minute. So wow. what, what did we break in 2023 with? Oh, I was trying to think of a clever way on the spot, but we saw uh, everybody's favorite doll murderer, Megan, because no one's going to remember who Chucky is in like 10 years after the bad reboot. I designed Megan to protect Katie from feeling lonely. She will recognize you as her primary user. And when you do that, you're going to pair with her. Crazy. It's insane, right? Megan. Have I done something to upset you, Gemma? I know you think you're maximizing your objective function. Oh, really? Did Megan do something bad? What's going on? What are you? I'm Megan. <laughs> I hear good things about the Chucky TV show. I hear good things about the TV show, yes. Yeah. So that might that might kick some new life into it. But personally, you know, a child's play has its place, but that place is behind my girl Megan, because let me tell you, M Thregan, as I like to call her pretty good bright pretty future good ahead of her three out of three stars three out of three generations of androids yeah the it's not white horse dark horse the dark horse that is megan Bloomhouse, not not a stranger to our show no um <laughs> are they do you think they're probably the studio with the most movies that we've seen on here oh boy maybe i'm sure one of like the actual like one of the one big, of the big studios ones, yeah. pulls them out but they definitely make up a good amount of what we've seen. Hit or miss, because they've done some like movies that we've definitely enjoyed. I mean, it's the throw it at the wall formula. And they did Black Christmas, which is the episode that... We scrapped. Yeah, Joe scrapped immediately yeah. after the credits rolled. Yeah. But this is not just Bloomhouse. This also has a very familiar name to us behind the producing and the story credit. And the screenwriter also is responsible for one of our favorite movies that we've watched for this podcast, Malignant. Mm -hmm. I think a surprise hit. Another dark horse. Yes. Another one that we saw the trailers and it's like, ah, whatever, you know, it's James Wan horror movie, whatever. And then we were told to watch it. We did. And we were delighted. Absolutely delighted. Did you have a similar experience with Megan? Not quite. Because like you said, Malignant looks straight normal james wan fair this already in the trailer it's like mm, this just looks like it's a movie that deserves to be released in january yes and no well yes in the from sense the trailer that, from the trailer in the sense that yes it has to be released in january because it's either january or september for a movie like this like mm -hmm. it's just not gonna have legs anytime when there are actual blockbusters coming mm -hmm. out no in the sense that even the trailer i think has 
the right amount of self-awareness and charm to it. It does. It does. But you know, I, I just, I don't trust trailers for horror movies this at is this true. point. So Megan, Akilah Cooper wrote the screenplay. Gerard Johnstone directed it. Both of them are fairly new up and comers. And for the most part, not a lot of big names in the cast either. You got, you got Allison Williams and you got Ronnie Chang, who people probably have recognized from other movies, but they, you know, they aren't like the big draw, yeah. which I think is a perfect formula for a movie like this. You get in one or two people that people will be like, oh, yeah, them, but not not a big name where you're distracted or mm-hmm. you're expecting like a big performance from them. Yeah, because in general, the big performance from this movie does come from Megan. Yes. So, Joe, give me a rundown on who Megan is. On who, who Megan is, the character or Megan the movie? Well, the character is the movie. Yes, I mean, I could give a general rundown of the plot, but those are two different questions at the end of the day. I guess so. I guess maybe we're we're running into our first difference of opinion here, uh, because to me, there is no movie. There is only Megan. There's, that, a, there's definitely a movie. Uh, there's a plot here, but who cares? It's serviceable. And, and a lot of movies where the plot is far from that, where it is, I want to see the doll kill things, or the killer. This actually does, I think, have a decent foundation holding being the ground beneath which Megan walks. The story is serviceable in the way that it allows us to be introduced to Megan and it doesn't get in the way of Megan. Yes, exactly. This stri- I was telling someone at work today, it strikes the perfect balance between, ah, it's actually pretty decent, to, ah, it's pretty campy too in a good yes, way. So like, very it's much striking so. a very good balance between the two. So uh, yeah, I'll just describe, uh, I'll, I'll do both. This movie is about a young girl named Katie. She is in an accident with her parents. They both tragically pass and she gets dumped on her aunt Gemma who is a scientist toy manufacturer. She's like an engineer for a toy company. um, Grossly underpaid and underutilized for her skill set, but... I don't know. She seems to be paid pretty well. She has a very nice house. She does. Uh, It's okay. It's kind of tiny for what what it is. one person. Yeah. She is comfortable with her Aunt Gemma, who was not expecting this, does not want to be a parent, like, very clearly. And is actively bad at being a parent. Yes. But all in understandable ways, not in the sense that it's like she's mean to Katie or anything. It's like she's trying her best. She's not this, used to this. This is just and... not her. This is not what she was planning. And she is not very good at making it happen super fast. Um, and like social services is on her. She's got her boss on her because they're trying to make a deadline. But she has been developing a secret project in the background. And then she's like, hmm, this can kill two birds with one stone. I can make my boss happy. And make my new not daughter happy with Megan, who is a little well. What's what? What's she stand for? The Model Three something third generation Android. Model Three. She takes in surroundings. It's like adaptive learning, um, and she's she's fully, fully uh, not automotive. <laughs> that's not the right word. She's a Android. autonomous, autonomous. Yeah. That's it. She's an Android who's capable of continuing to learn and is very overpowered i think is for the i want to have a companion for my child very op this toy (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of the idea it's it's supposed to be the toy to end all toys yeah it's you 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 pair it with your kid and you never have to do anything and yeah because it quickly turns from the toy to end all toys to the toy to end parent responsibility yeah which rich people can already do by hiring tutors and nannies Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff so i guess this is just 
you hire this is more upfront money than it is. Yeah, you hire someone who doesn't have to take like you know vacation days, I guess. But servicing an already popular market. Megan gets paired with Katie with the objective of you will make Katie happy, you will protect her from whatever may happen to her. And this, and then, and then they eventually, when they're doing tests, they accidentally introduce Megan to Doom posting, and she's like, "Oh, we're all gonna die, so I'm gonna kill everyone." Yeah, the mortality hits. I think there is a confusing transition from wanting to protect Katie into wanting to serve herself, and I'm not quite sure where that transition happens. Mm-hmm. I think the ending, the ending gets a little sloppy, but like it's fun despite. Yeah, yeah. it's fun despite itself. Um, but yeah, eventually both Gemma learns that she needs to be a better, you know, surrogate parent guardian. Katie needs to realize that she needs to face the world without Megan. And Megan realizes that she needs to kill people. And a wonderful merger of all three of our main characters coming together. But like I said, I'm not I'm not really here for the story. I will. I'm not here for the story yeah. either. But I was surprised at how I was like, oh, this is actually pretty decent. This is a serviceable setup and actual like serviceable themes throughout it that do not take away, which a lot of the time up in horror movies like this, the, when they're trying to shove stuff down your throat, we did, did we do an episode on smile? No, we didn't. No smile had this theme throughout it about like overcoming depression. And then it folded in on itself. And I, I didn't think it was good the entire time, but the, the ending and thus like usage of its theme just kills any usage of that theme throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think it's not a rare thing these days to get horror movies that are dealing with things like depression or grief. Mm-mm. Which is why I'm more interested in this movie and it's it's much more in the background but it's tied into Katie's arc. The arc about learning to be a good parent and how the consequences of neglecting not child but your That's Jimma's arc, not Katie's arc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what would Gemma, what would Katie be to Gemma? Not her guardian, niece. guardian niece. Yeah, ward. That's uh, <laughs> not it. <laughs> her responsibility, neglecting that, led to Megan being the way she is. I think that's much more interesting. And like I said, it is successfully tied into Katie's arc, but it is also much more in the background. I maybe would care more that the movie is trying to present me with these ideas if that was the through line. Mm-hmm. Katie's thing is confused, I think. I mean, there's the thing about being like a neglectful guardian. And also there's just a whole like technology and screen time for kids and like the overusage of it. Which the movie, like the movie plays around with, but I don't think that's the main theme, which thank God, because movies are not smart enough to do technology bad. No. TV show isn't like TV shows aren't smart enough. It's like it's a theme that I don't I'm not opposed to intuitively. But man, have I seen it done poorly? So yeah, they often. they sprinkle it in enough, and yeah, they it's it's done decent enough, and it's in the background enough to where it's not really bothering anything. But it but it's there. Yeah, because the problem here is that like we see Megan, and Katie's relying on Megan to help her through things because Megan is very good at this. Yes, arguably better than the therapist we see in the movie. But the therapist is actively bad. But the problem is, is just that Megan also happens to be a killer. So, like, I'm not sure what the movie's ultimately saying. Is it saying that any type of, like, emotional attachment to the extent that Katie has is bad? Is this supposed to be, like, a codependency problem? I don't know if is it's that going the that problem deep here? on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I think you might be reaching a little bit. I think that I think the movie wants me to kind of reach a little bit. I don't know, because this movie takes its sweet time. Not in a bad way, either, because, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised throughout the first act of this movie how much i was like not like okay when we get into the doll like i was 
there's some good humor here, which yes. I think helps a lot. Yeah, there's just a lot of it's decent build up and stuff up to that point. And then I, I feel like once Megan enters the fold, and especially once we transition to the third act, that you don't even need to worry about the themes. Like I don't I don't I don't think they're at the forefront or even in the background anymore. Oh, it's definitely in the background because the characters are literally talking about it. Well. But like the forefront is definitely like your attention is being drawn towards yeah. Megan. And I, I in all the best ways. I think part of this is because Megan is being voiced very well by Jenna Davis, who is a voice actress mainly on a bunch of kids' TV shows. That's the main thing she's done, which is perfect casting here. It's supposed to be a voice that kids would gravitate to and like. I mean, she is the main draw for this, and she is <laughs> I was initially against this movie because she's super creepy looking. Just like it, it's it's the uncanny valley thing. Like her mouth doesn't quite sync up with what she's saying. She's very rubbery and stuff. Her eyes. Yeah, she's got the battling dry elite eyes. This is an intentional. She's supposed to look like a doll. She's yeah. not supposed to look quite human. Yeah, and her movements are also very they're, inhuman. They're, they're, they're kind of there. Like they're yeah. almost there, but they're not. But then as the movie goes on, I was just like, I was enthralled every time she was on screen. I was like, oh, I want her to just be in the background of something. I'm rooting for her because <laughs> like in this in this sick kind of way, because one, everyone in this movie is a terrible person. No, not everybody. I wouldn't go that far. Most people who we get to spend time with are bad. I, I would, would say, not go. I No, I wouldn't say that. I'm not saying they're like evil and deserve to die. But Jimma is a very selfish person who I think treats herself and treats Katie badly. And she can. I, mm, I'm, I'm going to fight me, back. Okay, let me go though. Okay. So I'm not going to throw Katie into this because she's a kid. Her parents are constantly arguing. And in the just brief moment we get, I get the feeling that they're bad parents. I won't throw the two lab assistants under the bus because I don't feel like they do anything. But the boss is definitely a bad person. No, I wouldn't even go that far. Oh, yes, he is. He is very much the I'm going to put profit in front of everything else. I'm going to exploit any resource I have to like maximize my position. I think that the uh, obviously Kurt is a bad guy because he's doing like internal trading and stuff and he masturbates in the office and all this weird <laughs> stuff <laughs> like he's he's supposed to be a creep. And then you have David, who is just devil spawn, apparently the boy that Megan kills. Oh, I was like, who's David? And I would even say the neighbor is like the neighbor's not bad necessarily, but she is irresponsible. Yeah. And so like it leads into all this stuff where I don't have sympathy for Literally, if anyone is killed except Katie, I don't have sympathy. Like, I'm fine with anyone dying. And the only reason Katie gets a pass is because she's a kid. I would be 100% fine with Gemma dying at the end of this. I'm also fine with her living, but I'd be 100% fine with Megan taking over the world. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with that. This is because you like, you like Megan killing people. But... Yeah, but, but it's one of those things where I can have the cognitive dissidence of enjoying watching like Freddy Krueger kill someone, but still rooting for the final girl. I don't have a final girl in this. I'm fine with every, like literally everyone except for the child dying. Hmm. Now, now I, I think, I think you're, Jimmy. I think you're very off base with a lot of this. Push back, push Jimma and the boss were the two. You had the most strong reactions to. They spend most time with, I'm really going to push back on the parents. We were with them for two minutes in a very stressful situation <laughs> where they are almost going off the road. So I I I, I give, think that is completely baseless. I'll give some room for the mom in that situation. The dad is unattentive and uncaring and irresponsible. And they never bring up the dad after that. So that makes me think He's that not the, related to Gemma. That makes me think that the movie 
Yeah, but like Katie doesn't talk about him, which makes me think that the movie doesn't want me to sympathize with him either. Not that they really matter because Megan can't kill them. And that's my whole thing here is I'm fine with Megan killing everyone. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll fight. I'll fi- yeah, I'm going to fight back. Wow, this is not how I saw this episode going, like at all. Okay, now we get a time frame for how long uh, Gemma has had Megan. Yeah. Two months. Yes. By the end of this movie. A very short time in which she starts with a disconnected child she doesn't really know what to do with. She was the emergency contact for this and just kind of like, this This kid got plopped in their lap. This is not This is not what Gemma wanted. Although she does have an out. Yeah, she does. But this is also like a pride thing about her not wanting to give up a project, which will lead me into the boss thing. Yeah. Because I'm not saying Jimmy isn't a flawed character, but like from the moment the therapist comes in, the therapist is not on Jimmy's side either. Like the therapist comes Ther- in. Ooh, I have thoughts on the therapist. The therapist yeah. is a bad therapist. The therapist is a bad therapist when the movie needs her to be one. And then I think she's the, a bad therapist throughout. At the end, she is saying everything that she needs to say in the moment. Yes. And so like the therapist, I don't even really consider to be a character as much as like a plot no i'm not i'm not i'm not defending the therapist i mean but the therapist is a part of i think your thing of seeing Gemma as a bad person no no i'm sympathizing with Gemma in that scene with the therapist because the therapist is so laughably like off base yeah the the therapist is not trying to make the relationship work and then she's like don't tell her what to do here megan or here katie roll the ball it's like you just said don't do this yeah Yeah. and also like you're gonna need to make some adjustments i'm not gonna tell you i'm not gonna tell you what they are yeah (laughs) no the thing is like I sympathize with Gemma to the extent where I'm fine with her getting to the place where she gets at the end of the movie, where she's going to be a better guardian for Katie. I don't think she is a good person. And like I said, if she died, I wouldn't feel she died. She isn't good enough to garner my sympathy. Okay. But she isn't flawed enough that I think she's irredeemable. Okay. So it comes down to what is the most fun part of this and is Megan. Well, and I want to see Megan take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the boss. The boss is bad. I you no, can't no, 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 sway no. me. No, on this I can, one. <laughs> but I can I can say what I think. Yeah, yeah. You you tell your employees work on this thing. We are a global toy company. We're we're trying to take out Hasbro. So we're in the we're in the big we're in the big leagues. Trying to take out Hasbro. Make this toy. You've been working on this thing that costs way too much money behind my back and not working on the thing. Yeah, I think he has a right to like yell at his employees for not doing what he told them to do. I'm really mad that he's yelling at them for that. I just think that I think this comes down to probably another difference with you where it's like, I'm not sure executives can be good people. So like, I don't think you can get to that part in life without like having a certain level of not caring about other people. And I think you see I guess. that I think you see that reflected in his actions, especially once Megan takes off. I mean this whole well, thing. Well you mean to Kurt, but this, like No no no. This whole thing is they're exploiting a grieving child. Yes. Like both him and Gemma this are is, exploiting a grieving child. This is true. Now Gemma can justify it. She can find the justification because she thinks it's helping. And when it's obvious that it's not helping, she takes her out of the situation. But he doesn't. This is <laughs> This is also coming down to a thing of I'm used to some of these horror movies. Terrible, terrible people who like actually deserve to die. And in this movie, I'm like, okay, whatever. He's like a scummy CEO or whatever. I don't think he deserves to die in the the context of this movie. Not even just in the context of the world, but like in the context of this movie, too. Obviously, in the real world, I don't justify murder dolls killing CEOs, but. And I, the other thing here is, I think you think this is a problem I have with the movie. This is a plus. I like this hmm. about the movie. I like that the characters are all bad and I can be fine when they get killed. Interesting. Because I also think like the world is obviously heightened in the sense of like technology, but I also think it's yeah. heightened in the sense of how flawed the characters are. I think you see this 
with one Megan's reaction to the world. Mm -hmm. I don't think she gets to be where she's at if the world isn't this heightened, terrible place. And two, David, this character who bullies Katie and then tries to seal Megan and Megan kills is, like I said, devil spawn. Did you think that scene with Megan was going to go somewhere different where he like where I, he kneels down? I don't think that they would have ever thought about going there, but I do think that they blocked it in a way to make you think. Yeah. I was like, this is going somewhere way different. Yeah, I, I think they wanted you to think that, but they would have they wouldn't have crossed that line in this movie. Yeah, because this movie, I think, has a certain amount of taste and class to it. Well, it's also PG-13, but it was shot as an R movie. Like, yeah, it's it's clear. It was clearly shot as an R movie and then edited out, which I think is fine. I don't, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't it not being R. I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, it has to be R. Otherwise, I'm not thrilled. But with the horror, a lot of time I was like, eh, I think you need to push the boundaries a little bit. But this movie does a good job of like letting your mind. You do uh, see like you see just enough of like yeah, his ear getting ripped. Your off. mind fills in the blanks. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. We spent so much time on this thing. that We haven't talked like, about Megan. <laughs> yeah. But I love Megan. Yeah, she's great. She perfectly fits into the world. She is very campy, but like to me, it comes off as like her mind works in such a different way. Yeah. That. It's still make, like when she's dancing, I can't explain this to you. No. I cannot explain why she's dancing before she kills someone. But I still think it makes sense for Megan to do. Well, it's the sense that all her lullabies are also it's like, I don't understand your weird lullabies that you keep doing because it's in the context of there's music happening. Not in the real world. Yeah. She's <laughs> Same just way with singing. the dance. She's hearing the music. <laughs> Which makes it so much more terrifying to think about with that dancing. But no, it, it, like it makes sense. It's like she knows that she's supposed to sing lullabies just like she knows she's supposed to read Alice in Wonderland. But like there is just that disconnect yeah. where it's like she thinks titanium is a lullaby. Oh, I, I love it. I, I think Megan, you see such an interesting progression from her. I think that's what they nailed primarily about this really from moment one. You kind of get the idea that she's smarter than Gemma thinks she is. Yeah, 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 for sure. But that intelligence isn't malicious. She could easily turn into like the AIs from AI instead of the AIs from Ex Machina. Mm -hmm. Luckily, she turns into neither of those. She turns into Megan, the perfect form. They also allow her to do literally everything I think you would want a killer robot to do. It progresses and obviously it's a horror movie, so it's going to get like pretty, pretty campy and has to get, you know, you got to have the big violent third act. But they don't jump like the gun in anywhere where, you know. I'm I'm half expecting during this presentation she's escaping she's killed the CEO and the assistant and then like at the presentation they've revealed oh no we've made like 20 more Megans like we have an army being formed already or something like that but no it's it's just the singular yeah Megan Megan's not a bunch of people it's it is one character for now I think that if they do a oh sequel, I think yeah we will get a bunch of Megans we'll eventually get, we'll get at least two Megans yeah well honestly they should do three Megans because. The three again. Megan, Megan, Megan cubed. <laughs> Nine Megans. What if they did a Megan, but like the second Megan was grown up size? Because part of the fun here. Oh, the, yeah, part, I'd be more uncomfortable with that. Yeah, because part of the fun here is that it is like a, a child. child size thing. What were the standout moments for you? Her running all on all fours, pretty funny. Her dancing, pretty funny. Yeah. I really liked when she's uh the it's the beginning of the or. It's like the beginning of the climax when she gets back to Gemma's house and she's threatening Gemma in the kitchen. 
or the dining room, wherever it is. And they like they're having to tussle without letting Katie know what's going on because mm-hmm. <laughs> Megan has a line, I will pop your head like a <laughs> like I will pop your head off like a volcano or something like that. It's such a weird line. <laughs> I really like that. And then the best part is when you get robot fighting in with Bruce coming in for the cage match. Love Bruce. Wish he had an LED face at the end. I just wish he had like angry eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Just a big frowny face. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, the that last fight is very fun you have to suspend your logic a little bit to like a nine-year-old is going to plunge a screwdriver into this That's fine but like yeah i can by that point the movie has me outside so i'll mm-hmm. accept it and she's pretty beat up by that point i do think that probably my highlight is the kill of the neighbor that's a pretty gruesome one yeah i think that's probably the bloodiest the film gets and it's also like the first time she intentionally kills a human yeah because she I mean, she's going to kill David, but technically it's <laughs> a car did the yeah. job. Yeah. Well, I mean, and she, she killed the dog beforehand, too. But, you know. Yeah, but human life. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it progresses, right? Mm-hmm. Her dog, child, grown woman. Yeah. I mean, I would put the dog above David in terms of who should survive. Yeah. Pressure washer is going to mess you up, man. And like people, people are like, oh, no, it's the pesticide. I'm like, no, she was dead before the pesticide even. And, you know, <laughs> that pressure washer burned her face off. <laughs> that blood doesn't come from the pesticide. Mm-mm. I'm glad the cop with the mustache didn't die. Or the detective we get for one scene. Oh, man, that detective is another person who's just bad. Like, just a bad person. Like, my thing here, when I say everyone's terrible, it's not that I think everyone's, like, psychotic. I think that just the baseline for bad is lower or is, like, higher than most movies. We get because that that detective is laughing about finding a little boy's ear. I guess I'm not I'm not treating him as like a person in that moment. I'm treating him as the commercial at the beginning where they're like, "Aren't you sad of your pets dying on you? Have perpetual pets." It's a joke. Yeah, it's it's kind of satirical. Yeah, um, they're not satirical necessarily. I think that's more farce, but you know, but that's all part part of the fun of the world. If we get Matugan. Mithrigan 2. Obviously, what we want is a crossover with Malignant, but... That ain't happening. <laughs> Megan versus Gabriel would be great, though. How much involvement do you want Jenna and, Gemma and Katie to have if we got a second one? Uh, see, I feel like you, you leave them out of the second one, and they're the, they're the surprise addition into like the second act of the third movie, where it's like, oh, we've dealt with Megan before. We can do this. Oh, no, she's ultra Megan now, or something like that. They show up at the end of the of the second one. Yeah, like two, last scene. two is a different one. You think they've worked out the kinks or whatever. Maybe her name's like uh, Threamily, the doll's name. Yeah, yeah. They're like, we discontinued the Megan model, but we got the baseline working. Or but Megan's AI is still out there. Well, it's that, that the other company that got all the stuff handed to them mm-hmm. by Kurt, they could make it. Yeah, they make Threamily, but Megan's off in Elsa or whatever, the Elsie, Elfie, I don't know, the the smart robot. Yeah, she's and in the Google home. She's Yeah, she's in the Google, she's in the Amazon Alexa. She uploads herself and gets herself in the Threamily, and that's how it continues. Ooh, Megan versus Threamily, because I want to establish that, like, this is Megan's own weird personality. This was not never Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, that's what I'm getting at. Like, it's Threamily's fine. Threamily's never going to become a killer robot, but it has the killer robot yeah. ability, so Megan can become it again. A oh, fight between Threamily and Megan, but, like, they're in the same body. I don't know how that would work. It's like that one Terminator movie where the exoskeleton and the, the bio mass could split into oh, two yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, this was a pretty good way to start the year. Yeah, you know, we have different reactions to it. I think we took different things from it. I think you're engaging more with where the movie wants you to be, where I'm a little bit more I want to see Robot Kill. Um well, I, I would do want to see Robot Kill, but it's also yeah. it's surprising me and drawing me in with like the rest of it. Is it hot trash? Ooh, see mm, 
it's it's i think it's like teetering that line it's here on that line of normal of like good and hot trash but i think it's inching out hot trash it pokes the bear a little bit i think if we get like four megan movies then it will devolve into hot trash here i think it's still largely good Mm -hmm. i think if you start out with a satire like the perpetual pets you can't be hot trash you're too self-aware at that point and i think that's malignant was self-aware though malignant knew what it was malignant definitely knew what it this one this one knew what it was it's just leaning into it more than malignant yeah but i think at the end of the day what they are is still different yeah like malignant is not trying to be satirical about anything no it's It's, not it's a send-up of like giallo films but you know giallo films is still kind of a broad category so Mm -hmm. it can it can be a lot of different things within that man malignant's so good (laughs) rip gabriel gabe thrill seeding the electricity and feeding off of the megan i really don't want like a life-size barbie looking megan though i think that would ruin i that's yeah it's it's getting it too weird looking at that point do you want a more self-aware bruce I want Bruce with angry eyes, a frowny face. Yeah, we need to at least give Bruce that emotes. Megan, but it's real steel. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, my uh, final takeaway from Megan is suck it, Black Mirror. They, in one movie, did uh, a better Black Mirror episode than you've been trying to do for like five seasons. Never seen Black Mirror, so I can't weigh in on that. I don't like it. It's a bad show. I harbor a lot of resentment towards it for some <laughs> reason. I don't know. I don't like it. doesn't really cause me any grief in life. <laughs> It, it's it's not really relevant anymore. I'm just like, man, such wasted potential in that show. All right. We're probably going to come back at you with uh, Cocaine Bear. Is that February? I think there's something in between. Maybe. We saw we saw several commercials that or trailers that could apply. Yeah. Man, I, like I joked in the theater with you, Joe, I keep wanting to end this podcast. <laughs> but, but they keep reeling me uh, back in. So we'll see you again next time on another episode of Hot Trash Unlimited. Hey. Uh, If you want to rate this show five stars, do that. Bye.